This episode of NPTE StudyCast is brought to you by ATI. They're one of the leaders in clinical research within the physical therapy profession with all 900 plus ATI clinics placed in the 100th percentile in CMS's merit-based incentive program for the second straight year. Go to ATIPT.com if you want to join their team and jumpstart your new career. That's ATIPT.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of MPT StudyCast. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Barisi from All Things Cardiopalm. And today we're going to talk about how to calculate rate on ECG. And we're going to jump right in. So before we can talk about rate, we have to talk about the ECG paper because it has a little nuance to it and we need to know how it works in order to utilize it to our advantage. So number one, ECG tracings are recorded on a graph paper and it does occur at a specific time, 25 uh, millimeters per second, and that should be standard. So that is always what's happening unless it is talked about otherwise and we're not gonna do that today. When we look at this box in front of us, um, and if you're on podcast, I want you to envision just a regular graph paper. And within that graph paper, you have small boxes and there are five small boxes with like a light colored um, outline. And then every five boxes, you're gonna have a darkened line. So the small boxes, or we're gonna call them small boxes, and they're one millimeter by one millimeter height and width. And the large boxes are within that darkened line and there are five small boxes that make up one large box. So I know I said box like a hundred times there, but it's important because this tells us time. So the X axis on the graph paper is time in seconds and every small box is 0.04 seconds. Every large box, AKA five small boxes is 0.2 seconds, okay? Height is voltage, and that is 0.1 millivolts per box height, but we're not really talking about millivolts today. Okay, so I'm just gonna repeat that. Every small box is 0.04 seconds, and every large box, which is made up of five small boxes, is 0.2 seconds. This is important, so I want you to hold that one in. So in theory, there are four methods of calculating rate. And we're gonna talk about why you might choose one versus the other. Some are more accurate, some are more quick and dirty, and some you have to use because it's the only method that you can use for a specific type of arrhythmia. So we have four methods. The first one is the small box method. And essentially what you're gonna do is divide the number 1500 by the number of small boxes in between two R waves. This is like the most accurate, but you have to have a calculator because I don't know about you, but dividing anything by 1500 makes my brain just stop at this point in life, but it is the most accurate. The second method is called the large box method. And essentially you're gonna do the same thing, except you're going to divide 300 by the number of large boxes between two R waves. Number three is the most quick and dirty, and some people call it um, a large box method as well, but I like to call it the mantra method. 
And so with number three, you have to memorize a mantra. Okay. That is 300, 150, 100, 75, 60, 50, 43, 37. So if you're a student and you're studying for the MPTE, let's do it again. 300, 150, 100, 75, 60, 50, 43, 37. You're going to memorize that mantra. This is the most quick and dirty technique, but you have to have a regular rhythm to do it. And then number four, you're going to count the number of R waves and times it by 10. And we call this the six second strip method. Everyone has different names, but we basically have four methods to calculate rate. You have the options. So the first three methods are used for regular rhythms only. So I want, I want to say that again. The first three methods can only be utilized if you have a regular rhythm. If it's irregular, it goes out the window because it's not going to give you an accurate number. Okay. So first method, small box method, this is the most accurate method. We're only going to use it with regular rhythms. And what you're going to do is you're going to take the number 1500 and you're going to divide it by the number of small boxes between two R waves. That is all. You need a calculator. On the MPTE, you should have access to a calculator on the computer system itself. And you will also have a like whiteboard type situation with you. Okay. So this is absolutely possible to do on the MPTE. It's easy because it's easy to remember, right? 1500 divided by the small boxes between two R waves. It's the most accurate. It's going to get you to the number. You can't use it with an irregular rhythm. That's the only caveat. Okay, so if you're on YouTube, I have a screen in front with a rhythm in front of me. If you're on podcast, I'm just going to talk through it. I have a regular rhythm in front of me. I'm going to pick any R wave. And I'm going to count the number of small boxes between those R waves. I always cheat. I usually try to find one where I can count by fives-ish to make my life easier because I'm a little blind as well. But in theory, you can count every single box. So I'm going to pick this one at the halfway mark. And I don't think you can see my pointer, so it might not be so helpful if you're on YouTube, YouTube either. So one, two, three. The fourth R wave is the one that I'm looking at. It basically falls on this dark line. And what you see is that in this box, I have about four small, small boxes. So basically, I'm going to count everything else first. Okay. Five, 10. Whoop. Do that again. Five, 10, 15, 20, 24. So I'm going to take 1500, divide by 24, and I'm going to get 62.5. So what the hell do you do with 62.5? Because we don't have 0.5 heartbeats. Just round up. Okay. So this is 63. If you were to find another one, I think there's another R wave box in here that's like 23. So you're going to have some variability, but you're going to get close and specific to a, like a point. And you might choose this method 
if you're looking at the answer choices and it's a very specific number like 64, 62, 63, you might choose this because it's going to get you the closest. It's an option. It's easy and it's accurate, but it can only be used with regular rhythms. Number two, we have a large box method, which is essentially the same as the last. The problem with this one is you can't use it with really fast rates. It becomes less accurate. Again, you can only use it with regular rhythms. And this time you're dividing by 300. So again, I'm still using a calculator. So if I'm using a calculator and I have to choose between small box method and large box method, I'm gonna go small box method. And that's my opinion because it's more accurate. But whatever, we can divide by 300. It's a little easier math if you wanted to do by hand and like do long division because we all miss doing long division by hand. You probably could figure it out on paper. So I have the same exact rhythm on the screen in front of me. Okay, it is regular in nature. I'm gonna pick the same exact uh, R complex that I started with last time, the fourth one in. It lands on a dark line. It's just easier to count from, okay? So I'm gonna do the large box method. I'm gonna count how many large boxes I have between two R waves. So I have one, two, three, four, five. 300 divided by five is 60. Now 60 is damn close to 62.5. It's easier math, but it can get a little hairy if it's a really fast rate. So it works really nice with this rhythm. This is how you do large box method. Now in the real world, the quick and dirty is probably the best method. So this is the mantra method. And the problem with the mantra is that you have to memorize the mantra. If you don't memorize the mantra, you can throw this one right out the window, okay? But if you memorize the mantra, it's super effective for regular rhythms only, okay? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna memorize 300, 150, 100, 75, 60, 50, 43, 37. So you got a big range there. You can go from tacky to Brady, which is pretty awesome. You have to start with an R complex that falls on a dark line. You have to. If it doesn't fall on a dark line, this method does not work. Throw it right out the window. Okay? So you have to line it up with a method that falls on a dark line. Period. Then when you start the count, because a lot of students have this question, you start the count at the next dark line. So you have an R wave that falls on a dark line, you start your count with 300 on the next dark line. And then you count until you hit the next R complex. So I have the same exact rhythm in front of us. And I'm going to use the same exact complex because it fell on the dark line. Okay. So fourth complex in, we're on this dark line. We're going to count from the, the next dark line. 300, 150. 175, bam, lands on a 60. Just as accurate as the large box method, much faster. But you have to memorize the mantra. If you don't memorize the mantra, can't use it. The last method, in my opinion, is the easiest. It is. But 
you have to have a six second strip. If you don't have a six second strip, you can't use this method. You can't just times everything by 10 and hope for the best. So you have to know how to ensure a strip is a six second strip before you can even use this method. You can only use this method if it's an irregular rhythm. So if you have an irregular rhythm, the last three can't use them. You have to use this method, but you have to have a six second strip to use it. Caveat, you can use it if it's a regular rhythm. There's no harm in using it if it's a regular rhythm as well. But it is the only way to calculate an irregular rhythm by hand, okay? So I have the same rhythm because we're gonna keep it super simple, okay? So I have a regular rhythm in front. Let me say that again. I have a regular rhythm in front of me, the same rhythm that I've been using for the last three methods. The six second strip essentially means that I'm gonna count the number of R waves within six seconds of time. So how do you know what six seconds of time is? We have two ways to determine that, okay? Again, if you're on YouTube, you see the visual, this is easy. If you're on the podcast, I'm gonna do my best to verbalize this to you. First thing, on every ECG, if you're in an ICU and you hit the print button on the telemonitor, it's gonna print you a strip, okay? On that strip, what you're gonna see is obviously the rhythm, the graph paper behind it, but what you should see are, are these little tick marks at the top of the paper. Those tick marks indicate time, okay? Between each set of tick marks, so you have two tick marks, in between those tick marks is three seconds of time. So in theory, you need three, you need three tick marks to indicate six seconds of time. And I told you earlier that a six second strip is 30 large boxes. So between two tick marks, you should have 15. These, these tests are on computers. I'm not gonna lie, sometimes these rhythms are hard to read. When I give exams, I have to make sure that my rhythm is clear. And if it's not, I usually write notes as to what to look for because otherwise it's unfair. And I think you get an opportunity to write something at the end of your test, but the rhythm should be clear, okay? What they tend to do on these tests is they won't give you the tick marks. They won't show it, they'll cut it off, they'll like crop it. So you have to know two things. Number one, if there are tick marks, you need three tick marks for six seconds. If they don't give you the tick marks, then you have to count out 30 large boxes. If you don't have 30 large boxes, sometimes if it's an irregular rhythm and they're asking for a rate, there might be an option that says, I need more, I need a longer strip. That's, that's the answer, you need a longer strip. If it's an irregular rhythm and you don't have a six second strip, you cannot calculate rate, you need a longer strip. So I'm, I'm putting that out there because that can be a thing, okay? Okay, so in front of us, I have a strip, it has three tick marks at the top, which indicates six seconds of time. 
between each set of tick marks is three seconds and three seconds. I'm going to actually go to the next slide because I have it marked out. If I was to count this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, I have 15 large boxes between two tick marks, which should make me feel confident that this is a six second strip, but I'm cynical. So I'm gonna count the rest of the way. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, bang. 30. I have 30 large boxes on this strip, which means I have a six second strip. Okay. Now I need to count my R complexes. Now this can be tricky because if you're looking at the screen, what you're going to see is the first QRS complex or the first ECG complex, including P wave and T wave, isn't to the right of the tick mark. So we're going to call the first complex a half. Okay. And then we have clearly one, two, three, four, five. And the last complex is also cut in half. The T wave doesn't make it inside the tick mark. So we're going to call the last complex a half. So essentially we have five clear complexes plus two halves, we'll call it six. And then we just get to times by 10. Six times 10 is 60. Pretty even, right? Everything gave us 60, except for the 1500 method, which gave us like 62.5, which gives you the whole answer. They all work. So how do you choose? Right, I gave you four methods, how do you choose? First question you have to ask, is the rhythm regular versus irregular? That's the first part. If it's regular, you have three options. Then you choose what you feel most comfortable with. If you like the quick and dirty, the mantra method, use the mantra. If you can't memorize the mantra, because I'm not gonna lie, as you get older, it's hard to memorize, use the 1500 method. If the answer choices want you to get super close, then you might want to use the 1500 method. If it gives you a range, use the mantra method. If it's a regular, you got one option. You got the six second method and you need a six second strip. And if you don't have a six second strip, you should be looking for, I need a longer strip. So students get overwhelmed with ECG. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's hard in the beginning. It's like learning a new language. So how do you get good at it? Just practice, do practice problems, have fun with it, make it a game. I know that sounds like really nerdy, but I'm into it, make it a game, have fun, practice. Sometimes like figuring it out and getting the right answer just gives you this like little bit of joy, do that. But I'm a nerd, so that's just coming from one nerd to another, have fun with it, practice, Find what method you're good at and then just stick to that method. You don't need to know all of them. Just know one good regular method and one good irregular method and you should be set. All right, that's all I got for you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, shoot me a text at 913-308-4494. You can shoot me an email at allthingscardiopalm at gmail.com. Hit me up on the DMs on the Instagrams at allthingscardiopalm underscore under each. 
And if you found this helpful, I have an MPT cardiopalm prep course. Check that out on my website at allthingscardiopalm.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Whatever you have to do, get after it.